Welcome to Polly Wanna Podcast, a polyamory podcast. We're about to curse and talk about sex a lot. So don't say that I didn't warn you. I'm your host, Britt Bosacek. I'm not a professional, I'm not an expert, and I'm not a unicorn. Enjoy the show. I really appreciate everyone's patience. I have been very busy trying to be an adult, so I have not been able to record as much as I would like to. And for those of you that have been encouraging me to get back to it and have been telling me how much you love it, I need that validation and it motivates me and that's why we're here. So if you want to get stuff sooner, it always goes up on the Patreon. I don't remember when I recorded this interview initially, but it was, you know, a couple months ago and it went up the same week. So if you are, you know, chomping at the bit for new Polywana podcast content, it's a dollar a month and you get to hear my voice and polyamory people's voices as soon as they're recorded without all the fluffy introduction stuff. This episode is about co-parenting, which is a subject that's really close to my heart. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm like a total nerd about being a mom. It was really nice to hear a success story, particularly from someone who I respect a lot as a relationship coach and a polyamorous person. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Um, I know that children is like one of the most difficult parts of polyamory based on all the emails and comments and messages that I get constantly all the time from everyone that I love very much. And um, it is a testament to the fact that this is possible and Sky is not the only person I know who's done it. And she puts it very eloquently in the interview. So enjoy the show. Just tell me where your polycule is at right now. Because I feel like it's changed since we last spoke. Yeah. So I have four local partners and one, um, what would probably be called like a comet partner. Um, and I have my husband, John, who I've been with for 12-ish years now. And then I have a boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, I say them together like that because we're in a triad together. And then I have another girlfriend um, who I've been dating for three years now. Yeah. Damn, get it. <laughs> and so every every relationship I'm currently in, and then the, the comment partner is in Austin and works a lot and, I just, and travels a lot, so I just don't get to see her as often. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's one of my favorite people. She's, she, uh, we went to high school together, so she's like also my homegirl. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so all of the relationships I'm currently in, I've been in over a year. That's awesome. Yeah. You're really good at relationships. <laughs> I try. What do you think about you makes you good at relationships? I think temperance and like, I have a high value on autonomy, but also communication and balance. Mm-hmm. Like, um, trying to be responsive rather than reactive trying to um, understand myself in as many ways as I can so that I can convey that to the other person and use those same models to understand them. So for example, trying to understand my Enneagram type or my attachment style or my even stuff like Zodiac, if you believe in that, you know, like all of those things are facets of who I am and how I show up in relationship, like tendencies that I have. and they inform my desires and my preferences in relationships. And I try to communicate those as, be as clear with myself about what those are and communicate them as early on in the relationship as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And like pretty much as soon as they come up. Um, I think lately, this feels a little tangential, but lately my process has been trying to um, just primarily between honor self and honor other, like trying to refine what my own core values are based on the um, being in relationship with others who have different values and preferences and all of that and like what comes up in that and how I can learn about myself in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I try, in that I try not to be too reactive of like, oh, I'm noticing some friction around that or I'm noticing some hurt and I try to process that with myself and I think 
what I'm coming to realize is that I have such high standards of understanding myself and my communication that sometimes I do wait a little bit too long to be like, hey, by the way, this is a thing. I've been noticing a pattern of feeling this way. So you're like processing it for a long time. And then once you get to the root of what it is, you show up with it and you feel like it's past. Yeah, um, pretty much. Like once I feel like I have an understanding of the root, then I can pretty much either let it go or put it into something actionable, like Mm -hmm. a request or a boundary, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So yeah, when I... That is such a good skill packed (laughs) into such like a casual flippant sentence. Like... (laughs) We could do a whole episode on that one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, So yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, just being generally like accepting and not judgmental, like that's something that I think I've always had, but the authentic relating community really helped me hone those skills of positive regard and knowing that everyone has their own truth and everyone's truth is valid, how they are responsible and should be held accountable for their actions based on that truth and that filter. But I'm not going to tell someone they're wrong for what they believe because to them it's valid. Mm -hmm. And so it's more like, how can we create shared reality even if we have different manifestations of those values how can we figure out where our values are similar and connect through that Mm. and I feel like I do that in relationship as well like rather than because I just so I'm going to be going to counseling school you know that Mm -hmm. and um, I know that yeah (laughs) don't so (laughs) dear listeners (laughs) dear listeners I'm uh starting the um clinical psychologist program, master's program at U of H Clear Lake. Yeah, at the end of August. Super excited. Just signed up for orientation. Um, And I'm doing that just because it feels like who I am. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a major part of how I show up. So even in my relationships now, it it would be condescending to say, oh, I'm the, you know, the counselor or the therapist in that relationship. It's not like that, but... Isn't there more than one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My girlfriend's also a therapist, so... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> Elliot's got kind of double teamed there. That's hilarious. <laughs> I cannot imagine having that much care in my life. Like, yeah. I am such a swamp monster, I couldn't. <laughs> I love you. Um, but yeah, so just trying to, to um, show up and really hear my partner's truth, even if it's something that is, isn't aligned with my value or my perception of what happened or my intentions, like maybe something landed in a way I didn't intend, which again comes back to attachment styles. I've been really nerding out about that lately. Yeah. And... I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I know I have a problem, okay? (laughs) Right, but like, (laughs) you know, and it's your choice if you want to talk about it or not. Yeah. Um, No, I would love to talk about it. But I do think before, like, because the original question is, why do you think you're good at relationships? Mm -hmm. And the laundry list is long. (laughs) But I think, like what is so, like, what I think is happening is not only are you good at relationships, but you're good at keeping the relationships that are going to work. Mm-hmm. Because you said you take stock of what's going on with you, attachment styles, horoscope, all that stuff, and then you present it as early as possible. Mm-hmm. So there's probably these two, three-week people that just, you know, <laughs> never quite make it into the rotation just yeah. because, like, they weren't right and you were honest with yourself about that. You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. That happened about... Um, about a year ago, like last summer, it was interesting. A couple of people moved back to the Houston community uh, who were friends, and like I kind of started dating both of them. I used dating loosely. I started like going on dates with both of them uh, around the same time. They were cool with it, but like with one of them, it just like the physical intimacy and the there was emotional intimacy as far as friendship, but then beyond that, there wasn't that like spark of like, ooh, I wanna talk to them and send them funny memes every five minutes or anything like that. And it felt like that felt mutual. Mm-hmm. And so I just shared that pretty early on. Like I was like, hey, I'm noticing that I don't have that that spark or that juice with you. I really value you as a person and would love to be friends. And they were like, yeah, totally me too. Like mm-hmm. exact same feelings, which was great. Um, and then the other person, <laughs> when I told them that I told their friend that was like, yeah, and kind of like got got in their head and were like, yeah, maybe I don't want to 
do this with you either. And I was just like, uh, okay. So <laughs> that had an interesting ripple effect, or yeah. domino effect, I guess. But, but like you said, I mean, everyone was honest about, like, really upfront about their feelings, where they were at, what they were capable of. And am I capable of holding more relationships? Probably. Is it in the interest of my self-care? Probably not. <laughs> so, like, learning, you know, who... In every relationship, there's there's can arise conflict and joy. And for me, if the balance is not much more in the, I'm getting nourished by this, even if there's some crunchy stuff to process, I'm getting nourished by this connection. And, mm-hmm. and weighing that for myself and being honest, you know, not what am I getting out of this materialistically, but what am I getting out of this for my purpose, for my life, for the other people in my life? You know, how am I getting supported by this connection? And so being clear with myself around my own boundaries and expectations helps me, yeah, kind of just be honest with who I want to spend my time and energy on or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of relationships would end pretty quickly if people thought about how supportive it was rather than, like, how fun or, you know, like... You know, yeah, and I mean, I get caught up in the fun. Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> I think another reason I'm good at relationships is uh, is is the sex. <laughs> I'm good at it. I'm good at sex. I'm good at sex. Um, but I wish I were good at sex. I'd have so many more nourishing connections if I were. Uh, I'm I'm down fingering you right now. Wow, that sounded that sounded okay. They wouldn't even know what that meant. I know, like. <laughs> I don't okay. even want to go to it. <laughs> Google it. Or something. Da- yeah, down for don't Google that. <laughs> you will never know. Don't there's, Google it. There's so much context needed for what that hand gesture means. Like uh, um, it means dissonance. I have dissonance with, with her stating that. Although okay. I would wish for you to say down fingered every time. <laughs> yes. That is my new decree. <laughs> okay, deal. Uh, so I want to ask you what it's like to be a co-parent. Yeah. How is that going? Um, it's going really well. It's been a really sweet journey. Um, I have been for the past few years kind of wrestling with myself if I want a kid and, you know, for a long time I thought I did. And then it's almost like the more my husband was getting comfortable with the idea, the more I was like cooling off about it. Mm-hmm. And then I met my girlfriend through my boyfriend. And when I met her, she was, uh, let's see, like I think like four months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, so I knew, you know, what I was signing up for commitment wise. Like, um, you know, obviously we, take it a day at a time and are like in in it for the long run but um but yeah especially early on I was just like I think I was more focused on what my relationship could be with her and like building that Mm -hmm. and then it was oh I get this bonus person (laughs) it's probably a weird way to phrase it but like I get this little bonus being of someone else that I care for by extension from her which is not difficult because he is the most adorable baby of all time he's so fucking cute and I'm not even like he's like yes I'm biased like but like he's like adorable and and like generally really well behaved he's really emotionally like even so she took him with her to her therapist and even her therapist was like yeah he's really like emotionally mature and developed and he just turned one Mm -hmm. and she's like I can tell he has a pretty secure attachment style right now he's really healthy he seems to like be um adaptable socially which I do think has a lot to do with the fact that he has so many co-parents yeah Mm -hmm. um so how many parents would there be total then so it's her and her husband, her pet, our boyfriend, me, and her uh, girlfriend, Bun Bun. I feel like there might be, like, one or two more that she kind of considers uh, part of the, the core pack. Of, yeah. And we actually have a group chat that's called the 
Nate's raptor pack. It's Aww. like for him, like for his people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really sweet. And um, I got to be there when he was born. That's amazing. That was really cool. Um, yeah. The I think she did it like the wood the Methodist for the Woodlands Hospital. Anyway, it was a nice ass hospital in the Woodlands, and. They, like, the birthing team was totally cool. Like, they were just like, yeah, just put whoever's name you want in the room with you. And she put all of us. That's amazing. It was so cool. Um, yeah, there, there was, I never experienced anything like that where there was this sense of, like, acceptance and tribe around, like, all of us bringing our different skills. Like, Bun Bun was wearing a banana costume and was, like, the comic relief. And then, like... Whoever wears a banana costume to my birth is getting slit in the throat. Okay. So now you know. Might not have found that out otherwise. You're welcome. Um, and then, like, people were taking turns fanning and feeding ice strips, and I was giving massage. And, like, our, there was one moment I know she really treasures where both her uh, husband and, and our boyfriend were holding her hands, like, at the same time to support her, like, while she was pushing. And it was just, like... It's so magical, and um, I will probably forever regret that, like, when he was coming out, me and Elias's other partner stepped out of the room because I think she thought that she wouldn't want us there during that time, mm. and, um, and I think we didn't think he was going to come quite so quickly, so we, like, stepped out, and then we got, like, you know, fire emojis, like, get back in here, and so we, like, ran back in, so I didn't get to see him enter like <laughs> the world but I saw him like right after and that was really cool and just seeing uh you know not only were her partners there but she had people like like adopted family there you know people who've been her mother figures and caregivers for a long time who helped her get through it and so just being a part of that and being a witness to so much love and support was such an honor mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. That's so cool. I want a baby right now. <laughs> I know I'm a swamp monster and I should I not have a baby yet, either. but I want one. I'll be at the birth if you want. I will wear a strawberry costume instead. <laughs> All right. I will allow a strawberry. <laughs> or maybe a peach. Oh, yeah. I just winked at her, everyone. <laughs> Those are pretty loud wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got the wink, I think. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, being there from... Him, watching him grow inside her, watching him come into the world, um, you know, I just got to witness the first time he smiled and clapped and walked, mm. and um, it's just really amazing to get to be a part of that journey, and also be able to give him back when yeah. I am finished spending time with the lad. Like, <laughs> I love... There's so many people to hand it off to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I love, uh, one of my favorite things is uh, doing his lavender lotion regimen at night and mm -hmm. putting him in his pajamas and reading my story and giving him a bottle and putting him to bed. Like, I love that. And that's, like, pretty much the height of my responsibilities so far. Like, <laughs> I will give him food. I will hold him. Um, you know, I try to be really mindful about, and, and, Again, talking about attachment style and knowing what I know of it, now I can be really mindful of how I am, especially around children, but particularly him, of how do I want my energy to be? How, you know, if am I going to panic if something happens or, if I, or am I going to try to remain calm so that they can sh show, like, that they don't need to get as anxious about things? Mm -hmm. And so understanding the psychology and nerding out about, like, child psychology has also been... Um, a fun byproduct of him being in my life and also um, influencing how I show up with him. That's so gorgeous yeah. that you get to do like all your favorite things. <laughs> yeah. Has it changed how you date? Has it changed the dynamics of any of your relationships? Um, so within the polycule, it definitely, you know, there have just been a lot of adjustments, particularly for her. Um, she... Is, she's pretty open about the fact that she's struggling with postpartum depression right now, and that's been really rough on her. Um, she started going back to therapy partially because of that, and um, I think that's been really helpful. Um, and, you know, it's definitely, it requires extra coordination. 
So like, but she she had a baby and then moved and then started a new job yeah. all in like a really short period of time. Wow. So yeah, I cannot clean like two rooms in the same day. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and so she's like Wonder Woman to me. She's amazing and and has, um, you know, I think she tries to show that she's adapting to it. You know, I don't want to say puts on a brave face, but I think she does try to project like I've got this and like all of this affirmation stuff and that's definitely there but I also see the struggle you know mm-hmm. and um and I just uh I'm in awe of her sometimes for how much she juggles in a day and you know and on top of that you know on top of being a mother and a wife and a friend and a, an employee at this new job in this new house with this new baby she cares so much about the emotional impact of her partners and mm-hmm. You know, like I said, there have been things that have come up where there have been, like, uh, different values or just, try, you know, calibrating with each other. And so dealing with that on top of it is so much to handle. Um, and so I know for her, you know, that was just a lot of an adjustment. And so her time has been, when she was pregnant and she wasn't working, she had lots of time and she could see a lot of us whenever but especially when there's fair and work and all of that. And then even when fair is not going on, um, you know, just having to navigate and try to keep it balanced. Cause I know that's a really big value for her is to have like a ba- balanced amount of quality time with her partners and trying to do that. I think is sometimes a recipe for insanity for her. <laughs> like, I'm going to try and have, you know, at least one date night a month with each of you and like one overnight like it's it's a lot and so I've made a point of telling her like look I know this is really stressful for you I don't want you to feel stressed about spending time with me if you need any like I can be flexible if I don't have to see you as often as others if you know if they're needing more time from you it's not that I don't value that time, but I don't want her driving herself crazy trying to get time with me. And then when we do spend the time, she's fucking stressed out. Like, yeah. I, I'm not like that. So, yeah. yeah. What's her sign? Her? Mm-hmm. Virgo. Called it. All, all them Virgos. I was listening to all that scheduling talk, and I was, like, imagining my calendar, like. <laughs> yeah, I'm dating three Virgos. That's a lot of Virgos. It's a lot of Virgos. That's funny. Yeah. But you're a Leo, you love it. <laughs> I mean, Virgos are the most attentive. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. That's super sweet. That's fun. So I kind of hear sometimes and get like feedback from people that when they're pregnant, they want to suspend polyamory mm. or uh, when they're planning to have a child or uh-huh. right after they have a child. I kind of just want to hear like your perspective on that. I know each person is different, but like, do you have like some pros and cons for like remaining polyamorous or abstaining from polyamory Uh like right before during or after pregnancy right um so I'll give what actually happened with her and then my own like thoughts on that so it's interesting because she has identified as poly philosophically for longer than she's been practicing poly and it wasn't she had multiple relationships outside of her husband uh, before, but because of things going awry with that, he felt protective of her and had some trust issues of like welcoming more partners into their home. And then she was dating, um, our boyfriend for six months before I started dating him. And then we all started dating. Um, but there was kind of some, some limbo time in there where like they were seeing each other, but she and her husband had agreed to only certain activities during that time. Um, And so it was actually while she was pregnant that she and her husband were going to couples counseling and talking through it and figuring out, you know, how he, my, from my perspective, it seemed like he didn't want to hinder her love or her um, nourishment, but he, because she'd been hurt by people in the past, he just felt really protective and wary and they also have very different sex drives. So calibrating to that has always been like interesting for them as well. Um, and so for her, it was actually them kind of figuring that out. And then she could, you know, officially be with our boyfriend more and officially start dating me. And so 
she had other relationships before that, and it didn't seem, like, probably from the outside, I imagine people would have been like, what are you doing getting into all these relationships while you're pregnant and, like, trying to figure this out? I'm like, yes, hormones are totally, pregnancy hormones, totally a thing. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Every time I have my period, it's a thing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, hormones are a real thing. Hormones um, are real. All the time. And, um, but yeah, especially, you know, there were definitely times of vulnerability. There's also definitely times of, like, extra horniness, which I really enjoyed. Um, so that was great. Um, but again, you know, after having a baby, sometimes the, the, the hormones are going to change again, and it's never quite clear, you know, how they're going to affect. And for her, it did affect her libido. It affected a lot of just her, like, it changed a lot of what she felt like was kind of like her default programming, I think. And so that's been a, a little bit of um, an adjustment for her. That's probably an understatement. It's been a huge adjustment for her to try to realize I have this other person I'm responsible for, and my hormones have changed in a way that completely changes how I operate and how I'm used to functioning. Mm. Um, so I've I've tried to support her as best I can in that. I mean, there's only so much I can do, but just trying to, to hear her out and uh, let her know that her feelings are valid and that I'm going to be here regardless of, you know, what her hormones or anxiety monsters are telling her or, you know, any of that. Um for me, uh, what it really comes down to, because my thing with adding children to a polycule or not, is do you trust the people you're already involved with to be support? You know, are, are they willing to um, come to some sort of agreement? It doesn't have to be be a co-parent it doesn't have to be I need you to watch my son every you know once a week or whatever it could be something as small as like hey if I'm running late could you pick them up or you know could you be there for five minutes until I get home and some people aren't comfortable with that at all and some people are so gauging the other people's um, willingness to contribute and what that would be I think would be really beneficial to try to figure out how much time and energy you want to invest in that connection because that is a connection of choice and this other one might not be a connection of choice and it might be but it might be the the higher priority choice and so figuring that out on a more external level but also between you and your partner i think it's just really different for everyone if there isn't a solid enough foundation that the idea or the reality of a child is going to super throw that off, like it's gonna super crumble that foundation, then yeah, do whatever you need to do to work on that foundation so that you can raise a healthy child and then maybe start to incorporate people back in if that still feels right for you. Um, or people in initially. Yeah, exactly, or people in initially. So I think, um, yeah, as far as like having a child or being pregnant and branching out, I think it's totally doable as long as everyone's communicating what they're willing to contribute. Mm. Rather than dream. Yeah, exactly. That's so wild. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, the, um, you saying draining, like, I think that, um, on the flip side of, of like, how I was, if I was a partner who, Maybe quality time is one of my first love languages or I'm just feeling anxious around that and I was like being demanding of her time, saying, no, I need this time with you. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm not in a headspace where I realize that's putting extra pressure on her and that's depleting her resources so that she can take care of herself and her family because oh, I need you to take care of me. And again, that's not to vilify that kind of um, need or expressing that need but it's kind of the way we're expressing it and understanding where it's come from, coming from and being able to articulate that as, as best we can instead of just like, I need you to do this thing for me or be this thing for me. Um, and so, I, again, I think that if people are honest with themselves about those things, um, they can be honest in how they're willing to show up in relationship either with that person or with that person and their child. Yeah. Mic drop. I'm not gonna drop this. It looks really nice and expensive. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to pick it up first. <laughs> I would. So that'd be a little weird. I mean, I'm just. 
yeah. So what advice do you have for people that are just meeting their, like, you know, probably the love of their life? Um, whatever. What? <laughs> Can you re-ask that question? <laughs> for people that are meeting a new person who uh-huh. may or may not be the love of their life. <laughs> yeah. And they have a kid and they want to be in a polyamorous relationship with this person. Like, what advice do you have for people that are entering that? Not even just as co-parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so parents who are meeting new people who they have an immense attraction to and an interest in pursuing and like mm-hmm. how to navigate that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess you're not a parent. I'm not a parent. I can fucking speculate though, like based on what I've observed. Um, but hmm. honestly, the, the loudest thing to me is just being aware of your resources and how much you're willing to allot to each activity and each person. And again, is that person worth the expenditure of time and energy? Um, not worth it as an absolute value, but are they contributing to your life in a way that, um, that fills your cup again when mm-hmm. you're pouring out of it? And so if you have a child and you're interested in um, pursuing a new relationship, just being honest with yourself, do you have the time to do that? Or are you in super NRE, <laughs> new relationship energy, and just like getting sucked into that and deluding yourself that, oh, no, I have 72 hours in a day and it'll be totally fine. I'm not going to overextend myself. You're probably going to overextend yourself, kid. Like, <laughs> that's... I don't have, like, I don't know how she does it. Like, I don't have a child. I have a dog. And even then, I forget about him sometimes when I'm, like, going out of town. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need someone to feed my dog. That's hysterical. (laughs) Like, um, you know, and my husband and I are very interdependent as far as um, having a good balance of being comfortable with each other but also having autonomy. And so I have a lot of freedom and time. I'm... A massage therapist, so I'm self-employed. I make my own schedule. Like, imagining being on someone else's schedule and then being on someone else's schedule and then trying to schedule with all of these other people and fit in all of these priorities. Like, it's, yeah, what, I can't remember the word to use, but it's like, it's not so. It's so much. <laughs> Was it clusterfuck? <laughs> it can be a clusterfuck. It can be a fuck of clusters for sure. Um... But yeah, I, I feel like that's as aptly as I can uh, address that since I'm not a mother and I don't want to just wildly speculate and not speak from my own experience. Mm-hmm. But you are firsthand like helping with some of the energy reserves. Oh yeah, for sure. And I don't know how people do it where they're in like a bunch of partnership, or not a bunch, but anytime it's more than one partnership, if that person isn't involved in the relationship with the child, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't want to be around your kids. I don't want to see him or think about him. Don't talk about him. Like, yeah, I cannot imagine being a parent and being able to carry on that relationship when it seems so hard, even when the people are integrated in the relationship to like organize time. Right. right. Yeah. And for me, like if someone had that boundary, um, from, for myself, my own preference would be like, okay, like I would probably have resistance to that anyway. Cause it's like, Hey, this, this human being is a huge part of my life and my other people's lives. And, I am very much a kitchen table poly person where I want there to be um, some amount of chosen family and some amount of inclusion. Um, And some people are very much not that. Some people are much more parallel poly or much more solo poly and much more uh, isolated in how they want to do their relationships. And I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive, but I think it does make it harder So just knowing where your values are and are you willing to compromise that value of needing them to be included? And if, if you like my personal compromise for that would be like, okay, well then we're going to be fuck buddies and like maybe we can see each other once every few weeks if I'm available and I definitely already have a babysitter. Like I, I basically, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't put uh, too much investment in that connection if I didn't feel like they were investing in the connections that are really important to me. Mm-hmm. It would just be its own flavor. And maybe that would be satisfying and, like, fun and zesty and whatever. Like, just be, like, a fling. As long as the other person realizes that as well, then neither is, like, 
leading the other one on. It's just, this is my need and my boundary. This is my, what I'm willing to give based on those needs and boundaries. But yeah, I think I would definitely struggle with that as a parent, not having that person included. Um, but I mean, that happens not even with kids, but like that happens in polycules all the time where like there will be a meta or metas who just don't get along. And it's like, well, we just need to like not talk or not be in the same room or, you know, there can be ways to be civil and still, you know, not need to be as included and as directly involved. Mm-hmm. So I think it is possible. Yeah, I'm sure it is for them. <laughs> for those people. For those people. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, so do you ever feel like you're just in a commune? Um, Are you a total hippie now? Uh, I've always been a hippie. Um, it's it's really funny that you say that because one of my girlfriend's partners uh, was joking, not joking, about buying like a big house and basically doing like a cam house and just having like poly cam commune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. Just like, I'm very much about this idea. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, in theory, it sounds super awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, that sounds fun. Um, but I know that at least a few of my partners and my metas really value, like, having their own space, their own Mm -hmm. nest. Um, so it's like, in theory, I think I would enjoy that. But at the same time, I think everyone gets their own self-care and needs met more by being a little bit separate. And John and I are in League City, so we're, like, at least, at least 40 minutes away. I think 40 minutes is, like, the closest of my, well, actually, my girlfriend, who also lives in League City, is 10 minutes away, so she's my closest, which is awesome, um, and then my other girlfriend, who I'm in the triad with, lives in Conroe, so she's an hour and a half away. That's a long drive. Yeah. That is so Houston. I know. You know what I mean? For yeah. someone in League City and Conroe to get together? Yeah. It's very Houston. Uh, she didn't live in Conroe. She lived in Spring, so it was, like, a little bit closer. By, like, um, what? Five minutes? Ten? Like, yeah, like, ten or fifteen. So, yeah, that's a whole last thing, too, is driving. Uh, I think my uh, Honda is, like, two years old and had 500 miles on it when I bought it and now it has like 40,000. Can you claim this as a poly coach? <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. Google the legality of that because I, I would be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, Save those receipts. Right. But yeah, it's funny because I do a lot of driving. Um, luckily, I love listening to music when I drive and I also love boxing when I drive. Here, following is your plug for Boxer for this broadcast. Um, oh, yeah, I love that. What I is it called? Vox? Boxer. Boxer. So Boxer is a walkie-talkie communication app. Uh, it can do all the things. Um, it's not like Marco Polo where it's live video, which some people prefer. I don't prefer that because I won't be caring about what I look like when I'm like driving or like fucking being lazy on the couch. Um, but I like Marco Polo, or I like, sorry, I like Boxer because it is basically instant voicemail. You can process, if you're a verbal processor, I'm a verbal processor and I find it really awesome uh, because I can just like context to a partner or a friend, hey, this is like headline, the thing I'm processing. And then uh, I can say whatever I need to say and then they can listen to it at their leisure. They can replay it. They can take notes. I do that because I'm a nerd. Um, And so like, I love that app, and what I particularly love about it is that it's so easy to use while I'm driving, because you can change the settings where you don't have to hold down the button to talk, and so I can just sit there and fucking, like... I talk to myself while I'm driving. Yeah, so, like, (laughs) I can just... That's, like, another way I can be connected with my partners, even though some of us are, like, a little bit more long distance, is to have Boxer and, like, be enmeshed in their day still, which is awesome. I will not leave the loop. (laughs) I know. Or even the best dick. I know. <laughs> I know this about you. <laughs> Unfortunately. City. For all of League City, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's hard out here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are down for the drive. There's definitely a lot of what I see. I mean, I'm kind of like a lone wolf. I'm a lone polyamorous wolf, despite being like super codependent and not solo poly at all. Right. Uh, But people go from like Houston to Austin all the time for their Mm -hmm. partners. Yeah. And I just cannot imagine. Yeah. 
But I've never been a long distance person. I feel like that's something you'd be good at because you talk. Yeah. I'm not a big talker. <laughs> I've, I've sort of, I've briefly. This podcast is torture. I'm <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've briefly done long distance with people in um, Boulder uh, through Voxer. But like you said, those were kind of the relationships that like just didn't stick. Like, and it wasn't necessarily the distance. It was just like whatever other personal stuff. Um, and his comet partner and my comet partner. Right. And she does live in Austin. Um, but yeah, I just, I, but we don't like make trips to see each other as often. Like if I'm going to Austin for a workshop or something, I'll try and see her. Mm-hmm. Um, or we went together to, uh, Sherwood fair, which was really fun. She, my husband and I, which was great. Cause like we've all known each other since high school. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like. It's worth, it's, it's definitely worth the drive to me. I mean, I, I remember someone asking in, like, the Houston Poly page, like, what do you consider a long-distance relationship? And people mostly said, like, an hour or an hour and a half drive. And, like, me and Alyssa were like, ha, that's funny. And um, and she was like, I think anything over, like, two, two and a half hours is, like, pretty, pretty far. So, like, if I have to, like, plan my whole day around driving, mm-hmm. then that's too far. Um I yeah, think some it, people commute that long to work. Right. Yeah. There, uh, we have a friend in the, or like a friend of a friend in the polycule who is living with, <clears throat> with her girlfriend right now because uh, he was driving from San Antonio to Houston to work wow. every day. That's every so day. weird. So they're like, "Fucking move in with us, bro! Like, what are you doing?" Like, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, and that's you know, and that's another thing I really appreciate about. Um, the poly community from what I've noticed is that there is so much support. There's so much of this like tribal mentality of, you know, if you're in need and I have the resources, I'm going to try and help you. Like that has mostly been my experience. Um, and, you know, I was just talking with my, my husband about this yesterday that both of us, when I mentioned tribalism, I mostly prefer like when I'm thinking about that, I like the positive aspects of it, but it's definitely a double-edged sword because for me, yes, there's more support, there's more um, resources, there's more, you know, different specialties and different interests, Um, but on the other side of that, sometimes there can be this, like, exclusive, you know, like, you need to be like us to be in our little group and... I feel like that's not as present in the polyam community. I do feel like that's pretty present in the kink community from my understanding is like, Oh, we're different, but you have to be different like us. Mm -hmm. And like that, like those sort of, um, rules rather than boundaries, especially if they're arbitrary rules, I just don't jive with. Um, and like, I think, you know, we were at a party and someone was talking about like, someone said that, uh, that spit roasting was a polyam term. What is spit roasting? Okay, um, we're getting into this, folks. Um, spit, we got time. Spit roasting is when a person has a cock in their mouth and other hole at the same time. Gotcha. Usually. Oh. Yes. Okay. I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, it is a. It's it's pretty much a universal sexual term. Okay. And yet they were trying to like claim it as like a polyam word and term. And my husband was getting very annoyed. Just like, that's just porn. That's just a thing people say. It's not, you don't invent that. You don't own that. Like, so he, he gets particularly frustrated with like that kind of talk about like terms and jargon. And like, we have to, you know, talk about how special we are in the lifestyle because the way he sees it is like, this is just how I want to live my life. These are my preferences. I'm not going to, like, put all these labels on it. I'm not going to, like, be a social justice warrior and be out in, in people's faces about being polyamorous. I just am this. I like having sex and relationships with multiple people. The end. Like, yeah. that's very much how he is. And I'm a little bit more, like, outgoing about it, obviously. And, um, and because I do... I want to try to be a, honestly, I want to try to be a relatable voice that can educate people and get rid of the stigma and the misconceptions about it. 
um, which I imagine is similar to like why you do this as well. Um, I just want to show that like shitty people can have multiple relationships, <laughs> you know, like, yes, totally. <laughs> I just want to lead by example that you don't have to be perfect. You can be garbage. Exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. So we have the same goals. Um, <laughs> anyway, but um, it does seem like there's a way that like a polycule can look like a click from the outside. Totally. And also it can act like a click on the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, it can seem like. Even when people start to break up or not be together anymore, there's still, like, those old, like, relationships there mm-hmm. where there's this feeling of, like, oh, we're safe in our little polycule, but really mm-hmm. it's just a click that's excluding any entrance from the outside. Which right. people have gone to, like, some meetings or meetups. Right. I've been there and been like, wow, like, I didn't feel welcome at all. Because right. there was no incentive for anyone to kind of go outside of where they're at, you know. Right. Yeah, and I've noticed that too, and I, I try to be uh, an ambassador, you know, when new people show up and the person putting on the events is busy, because, uh, you know, she can't be everywhere to be the, like, social lubricant, but I do try to, to facilitate connections with people and, and um, you know, just explain whatever curiosities they have to the best of my ability and stuff like that, but it is, it, yeah, I've heard that from multiple people too, that it can be kind of clicky, like you said, and, like, people kind of stay in their usual pods of people. <laughs> and if you don't date carefully, you're accidentally taking sides. Yeah. But I'm sure that happens, I mean, in any social group. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <totally>. any, yeah. <laughs> any kind of configuration. Like, who did you flirt with? I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. This high school yearbook, you know? Yeah. You know how it goes. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that um, it's something that I try to be mindful of is not... Um, getting caught up in social politics and I try to take what my partners say of other people especially people I haven't met with a grain of salt because I recognize that a lot of it is like through their own filter and that again dating three Virgos and if you say one thing the wrong way to a Virgo they're like I hate you for six months (laughs) and and they're very protective and especially protective over each other so it's like this yeah, so for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm hearing you're having some feelings about that, and I'm going to reserve judgment until I actually meet this person. That's funny. So, yeah. But it's it's hard to do sometimes. It's hard not to be influenced by the people you care about, mm. like, and their opinions and feelings. And so trying to balance that and not be, um, you know, mob mentality or, or sheep mentality even, like, just trying trying to have my individualism while also respecting that I'm part of this Thing that's bigger than me, this unit, sort of. Do you feel protective of it when you're dating? Mm. Of, like, my polyhue? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think, like, this person would fit, or this person would cause trouble, or this one seems, like, scary? Do you ever, like, kind of filter it through, like, mm. the polycule lens, mm-hmm. or is it just kind of, like, you trust your own judgment, and you feel as if your character will resonate with everything else? Yes to that. I definitely trust my own judgment a lot, um, but... I mean, for me, I'm a share of Horowitz all the way, so I'm always trying to, like, matchmake people and be like, ooh, they would be cute in polycule. Like, I'm always the one telling everyone in my polycule, like, you should ask them out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you do that for other polycules, too. I'm just, like... (laughs) You're always wanting, like, people to get together. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, kiss, kiss. Not for my amusement, because but because it'll make for my your heart happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I know this will be good. This, this will amuse you. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a matchmaker. Um, I don't. I like. There's certain connections I've like heard about in the polycule where I'm like curious about it. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how that's gonna play out. But I try to remain like super detached until like I have more information or like I see them together more because mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's just like you know you wouldn't think that coffee ice cream and sea salt would be good together or maybe you would but it's fucking good together I do not think it would be good together and well, I don't know if I'll ever try it's delicious because I was eating some coffee ice cream I was like I used to do something oh yeah I put sea salt on this and it was really good now I need to do that again so that's why I popped into my head that sounds like something I will never be interested in. Okay. But, um, and that's okay. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a weird metaphor. But also, you're trying to say things that don't sound good together. So it's like, yeah, you're right. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> Your metaphor is working. I'm but, disgusted. But, but, but my taste 
taste buds love it. Yeah, so, I bet. I believe you. The whole thing. So we're winding down. Yeah. Any last words? Mm. Any advice? Anything that's been like alive for you lately about polyamory that you're excited to talk about? I think, you know, I just, I really want to plug the, uh, the discussion group because I think, um, it can have these clickish things, you know, there, there are, there, there can be small like pitfalls to it, but ultimately I think having the opportunity to have community and have mindful conversations and sharing experiences from so many different perspectives and so many different like levels of engagement and poly and talking about things like consent and um, time management and self-care and love languages and all of that like going in depth on all of these topics I think is really important so I would definitely plug the Montreux Center 7 p.m. Monday nights uh, they have a poly uh, discussion group that I think is a great resource and I think it's good to check out. The second Monday of every month is their 101. So if you're brand new, just interested, just hearing the, the term, I highly recommend going to that one first so you're not fucking confused and overwhelmed. Um, and you can just ask any questions or just be silent. That's cool too. Um, so that, uh, also, I am a polyam coach or just a relationship coach in general with an emphasis on polyamory. And I do, uh, not weekly because I'm lazy and scattered, but I do regular uh, AMAs on Facebook and usually on different themes and people can comment and ask questions and I'll answer them. Oftentimes I will, it will be an interview format, which is really fun. If you want to attend the very discussion group that Sky mentions in the interview, it's at the Montreux Center in Houston, Texas at 7 p.m. every Monday. And sometimes they do authentic relating games there, and it's really fun. I also highly recommend it. Other things to look out for, Sell Your Body Show is on November 30th at the Secret Group at 8 p.m., $10. And all that information is in the show notes. I really appreciate all of you. I hope that you hear my voice again soon. Bye.